Hi, I'm Gar Sanders. I'm Jamie Wincup. I'm Lee Holdsworth. I'm James Courtney. We're the Forex Angels, and you're listening to the VA Insiders. It's your weekly dose of V8 news on the V8 Insiders. Now here's your host, Craig Revell. The teams head to Darwin. The Reverend gets a Queen's birthday gong. And we look at the racing format today as the lights go out on another edition of the V8 Insiders. Take in the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 supercar coverage. Out now. Teams are already on the road, almost at their destination in the top end, Hidden Valley. This year's race will be slightly different than last year, with the teams only allowed to use the super soft tyres in Sunday's race. Last year, you'll remember, Jamie Wincup took out the honours on Saturday with Michael Caruso taking the win on Sunday. Hard-charging Alex Davison right behind him in second. Davison is hoping to repeat his best V8 supercar finish this weekend. Tony D'Alberto will be changing his team manager with Graham Jenkins, formerly with Tasman Motorsport, filling in for Darren Tate, who is unable to travel with the team this weekend. While drivers like Garth Tander and Mark Winterbottom have been publicly pushing for a return to WA, the recent WA budget did not include a mention or even a line item of the Western Australian Sporting Car Club or the Barbagello circuit in its budget papers. So the wait will continue for a decision on a Western round of the series. Greg Murphy has had one up on his Paul Morris motorsport teammate, Russell Ingall. Last weekend, Murph beat Ingle, the super cheap auto racer, 2-1 to one in a drag racing battle during the Willowbank Winter Nationals. For the record, the final run was the fastest, with Murphy winning with an 11.289 over the quarter mile. That is 135.82 miles an hour. Russell Engel, an 11.046 at 133.24 miles an hour. Gary Coleman, the V8 supercar chaplain and coordinator of the Motor Racing Ministries, has received an Order of Australia medal in the Queen's Birthday Honours list. Coleman told the V8 Insiders about the Motor Racing Ministries and their work. When the sports chaplaincy began about 26 years ago in uh, cricket and rugby league, and I heard a report on it, up went my hand. And so it was just on uh, back in 1986 I became the chaplain at Amaru Park to begin with and Bathurst, Oran Park and then spread from there. And now I've got 36 chaplains on my team around the country, all in motorsport. Well, people care, pastoral care behind the scenes. You know, there's uh, sometimes there are personal situations and catching up with some folks to help encourage them and uh, sometimes when there's an incident, obviously, look for the wife or the mother and see who's the most nervous. Uh, those kind of things. I know. Craig Lowndes will compete in the Australian Safari. It'll be the first time he goes out onto the dirt 
in an event that the former series champion is looking very much forward to. Lowndes will be driving a specially modified V8 Holden Colorado four-wheel drive for the PWR Performance Products and Holden Rally team. In September, the Australian Safari starts around the country. Chad Mosert's the leader in the Australian Formula Ford Championship, has tested the Wayne Miles 888-built Falcon, competing 40 laps at Queensland Raceway, the young driver looking for a V8 future. Always had a thing watching V8s when I was a little kid and sitting in front of the TV and just thought I always wanted to be one of them, so yeah. And finally, watch out if you are in the top end over the break between Darwin and Townsville. As a lot of the southern teams are not planning to send their equipment home between events unless they have major incidents in the Hidden Valley race, it will mean that the teams will have an opportunity to do a lot more in the media build-up to the second Townsville 400 with transporters, cars and, of course, drivers all available. And that's the news on the V8 Insiders. After the break, Mark Fogarty and Lachlan Mansell will join me. Controversy Corner is next when we return with more on the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 supercar coverage. Out now. The views expressed on V8 Insiders, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect those of the network, Thunder Media, sportradio.com.au or V8X Magazine. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. Hi, I'm Jason Richards. You're listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. Joining us this week on the show from Auto Action, it is Mark Fogarty. Good evening, Mark. Good evening. Lachlan Mansell also joining us from E! News. And uh, Lachlan, thanks for joining us once again. Thank you, Craig. Good evening to you. Good evening, Mark. Hey, uh, interesting. We're coming up onto the, uh, of course, the Darwin round. The round has certainly, over the years, gathered momentum and has really become a bit of an event. And I know we're going to talk about events later, but uh, we see so many different things to what we got to experience in the... uh, in the Queensland and Winton round, Mark, where we go back to the split of having hard tyres for Saturday, hard tyres on Sunday, with one pair of softs thrown in. It's a bit confusing, really. They've changed the game again. It was a complete mixture last year when they ran the soft tyres at selected rounds, and then this year they changed it to all softs at Queensland Raceway in Winton, and that was a stunning success. I don't think anyone could deny that it really showed you that the soft tyres are are the way forward to beef up the racing and uh, let the drivers really lean on the cars um, balanced of course by the fact that the tyres do fade away but clearly they're a much better option than the relatively rock hard control tyres but now we go to Darwin and it's as I understand it (laughs) I could be wrong but as I understand it run the control tyre the normal um, Dunlop Sport Max, I believe it's called, tyre in the Saturday race, the 100-kilometre race, I guess. And then on Sunday, for the longer race, we switched to the uh, the sprint version. So 
Who knows how it'll go up there. I'm not sure why they've split it that way, but um, I'm sure it'll uh, promote all sorts of shenanigans. Um, as that event seems to, it, it is very much an event, although um, it's an event up in Darwin and up at the top end. It's um, hardly, I don't think, you, you could hardly describe it as an event down here. Um, in fact, probably it's almost invisible, really. It's interesting, Lachlan, because uh, what are we seeing, about a fourth different configuration of format already? Uh, yeah, well, that's right, because we've already had the uh, all-hard-tyre 200k race rounds over in the Middle East, the all-hard-tyre 250k race round at Clipsal, back to the 200k round for New Zealand, then um, a couple of the all-soft tie rounds, and now we're into the um, 100, or just over 100k race on the Saturday, back up to the 200k race on the Sunday. And uh, I do agree with Mark that really all the chopping and changing of the formats does get quite confusing, especially from a fan's perspective. It's probably a bit unnecessarily complicated to follow, but I just get the feeling that what V8 Supercars Australia are doing is experimenting with a variety of different race formats and hopefully within the next year or so they'll make a decision and you'll find that they'll reduce the total number of different formats down once they've got maybe two or three that they're happy with. Mark, do you think that's the way to go, to, to go to a standardised format or do you think it's important to have the variety? Well, chance would be a fine thing that they'll lock in on a standardised format because they're messing around with this for at least off the top of my head I'd say five years now there's always some change and while you know any category has to move with the times you know I think it's been messed around with far too much in in recent times and um, I'd like to think that yes they would lock in on a you know solid format for what are normally known as you know sprint races and then for longer races have something else but um, I'm not convinced, like many things in this sport, um, lots of good ideas and you know, lots of lip services paid to um, getting things straight, but it never happens. So, I, I, you know, as usual, I'm just not convinced. But as I said earlier, I'm, I am convinced of one thing, and I think it's blindingly obvious, is that the, uh, the sprint tyre, the soft tyre, is the way forward because um, you've just got to give these guys more grip it's a bit of a change in the conventional wisdom, which used to be that, oh, you know, make the cars as messy as possible, you know, rock-hard tyres, make them slide around, that'll improve the racing. That hasn't happened. What these cars need, and you also you can see it in Formula 1 at the other extreme, is grip, mechanical grip. Give the drivers grip, you'll get good racing because they can actually do something with the cars. As I understand it now, the drivers can actually break deeper into the corners and that opens up overtaking up something they didn't have before but with that Lachlan you give them more grip but you have to take it away from them a lot sooner you've, you can only give it to them for such a short period of time before they have to then cope with the car sliding around underneath them but that as a strategic element as well Craig of uh, the drivers that are best able to manage their tyres to maximise that increased level of grip for the longest period of time are the ones that are going to have the best advantage and we've seen that a number of times on the soft compound tyres but I'm interested to get Mark's opinion if you're able to decide Mark on 
what race format you would implement. If you were in charge of V8 Supercars Australia, what would you make the race format? I think the basics, you know, we've, we've got in, you know, enduros, quasi-enduros and, and sprint races. And then the sprint races, you know, just lock it in. And if it's to be 100, one race is 100 kilometres and the next day's race is to be 200 kilometres, you know, standardise that and, and make a clear distinction between what are, you know, so-called long-distance races and what are sprint races. But um, the strategic element is the one thing that worries me. It's a complete contrivance. You know, pit stops in, you know, what are sprint or shorter races are just a complete nonsense. It's motor racing. It's not motor strategy. And I don't understand why this has persisted throughout the world because it's just a band-aid fix. You know, it's not addressing the larger problems. To spice up the racing, we've had to have pit stops for either and or tyres and fuel or just tyres or just fuel. And it's just, it just it makes it confusing. It takes away from what racing really is, which is about racing and why you should have to manage your tyres. You know, just give the guys tyres with proper sustainable grip and let them go hard at it and, you know, the notion of stopping for fuel in a 100-kilometre race, is, it's ridiculous. I mean, I think I've mentioned this before. You know, it just seems a complete nonsense to me if you're an, you know, a non-core enthusiast spectator. You're watching the races, and it's not so bad now, but not so long ago. The cars used to dive in after four or five laps, swap tyres. Well, what does that say about the tyres? I mean, you know, it's a bad advert for the tyres. They have to t- change tyres so quickly. You know, the average viewer doesn't understand the nuances. And then during a 100-kilometre race, we have to stop for fuel. Well, particularly in the current environment, that looks completely ridiculous. So, you know, if it were up to me, I would just let them go, race hard, and then leave the pit stops and the tyre changes and all that sort of stuff to the proper enduros like the Phillip Island 500 and the Bathurst 1000. You know, that's why traditionally we've had a distinction between sprint races and endurance races and the line has become very very blurred in V8 supercars Could I put this to you both as a, a format idea obviously you have to have something on the Saturday because the promoter says he needs to be able to get a crowd across the days to afford it and with V8 supercars becoming the promoter more and more often I think that argument starts to dwindle but we have got a situation where Saturday you could come up with a very very solid qualifying situation with a very solid strategy for how you're going to get the qualifying done have a good support card featuring the Fujitsus and you make the Fujitsus your Saturday feature on top of the qualifying of course and then on Sunday we go to the main game and we have a race 300 400 k's in length to save the uh 500 because one driver can't drive 500 k's in the current OH&S situation belying the fact that uh, Moffat has uh, won Bathurst by himself and a number of drivers have won Sandown by themselves over the years. But you have a 400k race on the Sunday at everything except Phillip Island, Bathurst, and if you have to, Gold Coast. That's an idea, and it's probably pretty workable. It's a very traditional idea, and as such appeals to me. I, I mean, I'd take it back further. You know, we muck around on Fridays having endless endless practice that gets you nowhere so why don't we have qualifying on friday this is not a new idea mm-hmm. it's as old as time at time is <laughs> make friday count for something you know give the media a story 
and then get on with the racing Saturday and Sunday. Um, or as you say, yes, make Sunday the, the principal day, which traditionally it has been, and, and still to some extent it still is the Sunday is seen as the main race. But, you know, we've split it all up now. There are no more rounds. There are only events, and there are races within events, and yeah, on and on it goes. I mean, it really is just becoming... Uh, I, I, just ima- I, I can only imagine how difficult it is for the average TV TV viewer to really follow. Mm. And it, it, it's uh, Lachlan, I'll get your opinion now before I uh, chime in again. Um, well, the thing I liked about your suggestion there, Craig, is the idea of having a feature Fujitsu series race on the Saturday. At the moment, my belief is that the Fujitsu series doesn't get enough exposure, and hence the reason that over the last couple of seasons in particular, it's really been struggling for numbers, because, I mean, the Fujitsu series drivers... Um, you know, they have their sponsors to keep happy as well. And, uh, yeah, so I think that's a good idea and also a good way for uh, some of the young drivers who are coming up through the Fujitsu series to get some publicity for themselves as well. Mm. Well, here, here. I mean, as we speak, guys, you know, Fujitsu series is a dead dog. I mean, really. It um, just doesn't achieve anything. Um, I do know that in the background, V8 Supercars Australia is looking at beefing up the Fujitsu series, but they've got to do a lot more because it really hasn't produced all that many champions over the years. Um, it is just lost in the support card, really. Um, and if they really want to make it um, viable and value, valuable, um, and you'll understand this, Craig, I'm sure, as a NASCAR aficionado, you know, just follow the NASCAR Nationwide Series model um, where you have, um, you know, the big guns, coming in and out, um, you know, to test the young guns and to attract some sort of, uh, you know, Mm. make it interesting. You know, if you get main gamers coming in and out and um, competing, you'll get some coverage of the series and give it some profile, and that's what they do in the Nationwide series. Nationwide's probably gone a little over the top because uh, there are so many Sprint Cup guys in it. But, you know, Mm. something in the middle, I think, would be, uh, not would be, is, is what what is required to boost the Fujitsu series because I'm just not convinced it's working. Apart from being, you know, a graveyard for old V8 supercars, um, doesn't seem to have much point to me. Mm. We need to take a break here on the V8 Insiders. Back with plenty more right after this. You've taken the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 supercar coverage. Out now. To ask a question of the V8 Insiders, just email them at v8insiders at sportradio.com.au. Hi, I'm Craig Lance from Team Vodafone, and you're listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders, Mark Fogarty, and uh, also Lachlan Mansell with me, Craig Ravel. And guys, it's uh, interesting to continue on this uh, just for a moment, the talking about formats, because uh, we touched on it before, the change from rounds to events, and then you have two races in every event, uh, except for, of course, Bathurst. Um, because you've got to remember the qualifying races, I think, still have some points on them, and that's how confusing it gets. But uh, at Sandown, I'm talking about. But could or we? Island, 
Philip Island, yeah, of course. How, how far behind am I? Um, but, guys, is it – like with my idea, you've got one race, so that race is an event and you build the whole thing around it. When, Mark, you've just come back from Indy, that's one race. It's an event. It's an event that takes a month to get to, although they've cut it down to, what, two and a half weeks now mm-hmm. to be able to uh, uh, to be able to get to the Indy 500. You have uh, – you know, other big events, Daytona. It's speed weeks, but there's only one Daytona 500. It's got the Phillip Island qualifying format, of course, but uh, it's it, it still focuses around a race. It's very easy for the media to talk about a race. It's very hard for the media to get excited about the race on Saturday and the race on Sunday. It's like saying, we're going to play the first quarter on Saturday, guys, and we'll play the uh, second, third, and fourth quarters on Sunday. Mm. No, I agree. It is very messy and, and confusing. Um you know, um, less confusing now, at least, that the Saturday race is standalone from the Sunday race, so you don't have all this, you know, overall um, winner confusion where conceivably it used to be that somebody who didn't win a race, you know, won the round. That was just a nightmare. But, um, yeah, big events, though, are big events. You know, the Indy 500, the Le Mans 24 Hours, the Daytona 500, and not to forget the Bathurst 1000, uh Standalone huge sporting events in their own rights, and they and they should remain so. I think, I think on the V8 Supercar calendar as such, we have enough events, and by that I mean the likes of the Clipsal 500, um, Townsville, you know, the Gold Coast spectacular that they're cooking up. Um, you know, we, we've got enough of those. We, you know, just you know, ordinary, to use the term advisedly. You know, race meetings like we have it. You. Queensland Raceways and your Wittens and formerly your Barbagellos and all that, you know, they provide light and shade. So um, I'm sure it's VA Supercar Australia's aim ultimately to turn every um, time the V8 Supercars waltz into town as an event, but the reality is they can't all be, you know, the biggest show going around. So um, I think what we've got, particularly with Bathurst being the pinnacle, you know, is, is a pretty good balance between traditional normal meetings and, the, you know, the, the new style, you know, entertainment events. Mm. I do agree, Craig, though, that it is quite confusing to try and sell the idea of having two races as part of an event to the mainstream media or to um, spectators and fans who aren't necessarily diehards. So that comes back to the suggestion that you made earlier about making each event just a single feature race for, to reduce that confusion. And mm. also means you could cut out Friday because you're going to practice and qualify on Saturday, race on Sunday, and, hey, weren't we supposed to be cost-cutting? I do digress. Jamie Winkup won the race in Darwin last year. He was followed by Michael Caruso on the Sunday race. Are we going to see such a lottery this year with the uh, format that we have and, of course, the uh, choice of soft tyres on Sunday, Mark? Um, possibly, but probably not because this time it's compartmentalised, isn't it? You know, hard tyres, control tyre on Saturday, then go to the soft tyres on on Sunday. So you don't have the possibility, um, like you had last year, of, you know, guys saving up some of their soft tyres or, you know, till late in the first event on the Saturday and then using them at some stage on Sunday or any other sort of permutation. So um, I guess it will come down to, um, you know, guys using, you know, maybe 
well, I, I don't really know how this works actually because I was actually talking to James Courtney on Monday for a you know a story in Auto Action that's out tomorrow about things, and he said one of the concerns about the format in Darwin was that the the lottery effect of the soft tyres on Sunday, and he said, oh, you know, all the guys in the top ten, they're going to, of course, going to start on their soft tyres, and at the time I didn't take much notice, and then I thought, well, hang on, everyone's starting on soft tyres, now did he mean someone will, will run, you know, fresher soft tyres that are just suddenly, you know, it's got my mind completely tied up, and he's just as confused as we are, so <laughs> <laughs> honestly, because, you know, I, I think essentially what he was saying was wrong, um, unless I've missed something. So um, it may be a lottery, but, you know, probably not not as much because essentially, as I can see, it's, you know, on the soft tyres. So there you go. It's how much you can eke out of them. And with Queensland Raceway, and again at Winton, um, you know, these uh, softer compound sprint tyres, they're actually, you know, they've they got pretty good life. You know, mm. they don't um, deteriorate as much as was feared. So um, as I've said before, I just, you know, I think they're all good. Use them all the time. I'll tell you what, Lachlan, here's how they win the race. They go out, they do their first session, betting in almost the soft tyres, come off at pit stop one, which would be around about lap 10 to 12, then go out on the hards until about, uh, I don't know, about eight to ten laps to go. Then they put the softs back on to finish. Yeah, but can they do that, Craig? Of course they can, as long as they put four tyres on. And as long as they haven't burned off the tyres. You know, this is the thing. I'm in the business, and I'm confused. My understanding is that they use just soft tyres in that second race. They can't swap between. Yeah, but they can can put the softs on at the start of the race. They get one set of soft tyres to use for that Sunday race. So it's up to the teams when they use that set of soft tyres that they have to mix it up with the normal control tyres during that race as well. So it's quite conceivable that... uh, some teams will start on the soft compound tyres and other teams might take the risk of putting them on for the end of the race and hoping that there's a late safety car, as we saw last year with Alex Davison in particular, mm-hmm. and um, try and get an advantage that way. Oh, OK. Well, if, if that is the case, and that to me is not being clear, so there you go. Um, yeah, that will throw up all sorts of oddities, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. The fact that you were confused, Mark, though, just demonstrates how unclear it was though really doesn't it as long as it's the same set of tyres and it's four of them on the car at the same time you can use them as many times as you can get out of them like they did running them sometimes in the Saturday race sometimes in the Sunday they're all going to start on the softs they're going to pull them off and they're going to put them on at the end just to make sure they've got soft tyres at the end of the race that's my call and uh, I'm no more an engineer as Roland Dane has said to me he wouldn't have me engineer his cars so they, uh, perhaps you can take that with a grain of salt we need to take another break, but I haven't got your tips. Who's going to win at Darwin? James Courtney. Lockham? Um, I think in Darwin, for the first time, we're going to have two different winners in the two races. So I'm going to chip, uh, tip Jamie Winkup to win the Saturday race and James Courtney to win the Sunday race. All right. We've got to do gas and go on the other side of this break. We'll be back in a moment. Find out more about your favourite supercar teams and drivers when we go inside further on the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. 
showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers. V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 supercar coverage. Out now. Hi, I'm Shane Van Gisbergen. You're listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders, Mark Fogarty and Lachlan Mansell for Gas and Go on the white flag lap this time. Guys, three minutes is the time frame for these five questions. Do we need more races? Because drivers are having a month off, folks, and starting to hurt themselves. Yeah, but it begs the question, these are supposed to be elite athletes. How come they can just, like, trip over and hurt themselves? I'm the uh, athletic antichrist, and I've never so much as broken a fingernail in my whole life. So, But anyway, apart from that, yeah, of course we need more races more often, more the merrier. Lucky. Yeah, I actually, I know it's mean to laugh, but I actually find it quite amusing that Jason Richards and Stephen Johnson get paid to race V8 supercars at speeds well over the legal speed limit, and yet... They've both managed to injure themselves in what were really pretty mundane incidents. I think Jason Richards broke his nose on a slippery dip in a children's playground and Stephen Johnson tripped over a step in a restaurant in Fiji. But, um, yeah, maybe it's safer for them to be in the car. So, yes, I agree with Mark. Had a few more races in. All right. Now, the winter, the winter's, the winter's month break, a month and a bit's break, is uh, it going to be as boring as what the last month was, Lockie? No, I don't think it is because there's, even though the V8 supercars aren't racing, there's still some other good motor racing on during that time, including the six-hour production car race at Eastern Creek, which I'm really looking forward to in July. Mark? Be that as may, as far as V8 supercars is concerned, kill me now. It's (laughs) just going to be so, so boring. It's been a boring year so far already outside the racing in terms of, you know, gossip and scandal and movements. Um, um, unusually quiet year. So uh, what it's going to be like in this nine-week break, I, I just don't want to think about it. All right. Now, folks, Chad Mozart's been testing a Fujitsu V8. Of course, uh, Scott McLaughlin's a, a very young driver who's already in the series. Uh, how young is too young to be racing in our top levels of motorsport? Well... It seems nowadays it's never too young to start and um, it's good that these young blokes are getting tests and in Scott McLaughlin's place he's actually racing. Um, whether they've got the maturity at 16 and 17 you know, to really mix it with the big boys, well, I think that's debatable and certainly the jury is out. But um, yeah, it, it's, it's an interesting phenomenon, I, I'll give you that. Lucky. Um, I agree with Mark's comments with regards to their maturity, especially with regards to dealing with the increasing media and sponsorship commitments that a lot of drivers have these days. Um, Yeah, I think we might give it a bit of time and see how they go, um, maybe when they get into the main series in the future. Well, Lockie, Gary Coleman, the V8 chaplain, has received a Queen's birthday gong. Who else in the V8 Supercar Series might deserve one? How about all the officials all the volunteers that spend numerous hours of their lives at racetracks waving flags in all kinds of weather from boiling hot sun to pouring rain and everything in between with nothing more than a hot dog and a bottle of Coke if they're lucky to keep them going. Not bad, folks. Oh, indeed. The the volunteer officials are the unsung heroes of the sport and uh, they deserve a lot more support, a lot more accolades. 
But as to who deserves a Queen's Birthday Award more than Gary Coleman, can't think of anyone obvious off the top of my head, um, you know. The VA Supercar Chaplain does a great job, and, and he's a great bloke. Always like running into him and having a, a, a quick chat as we wander around the paddock. Um, luckily, we don't have knighthead, knighthoods anymore because um, you know who'd be after one of those, don't you? Mm. Well, talking of Tony, he's on a break at the moment. Has anyone noticed, folks? <laughs> or missed him yet? Um, there's been a lot less shouting. Martin Whitaker is a mo- lot more measured person and a lot... He's uh, much more into consensus than um, Tony, who's um, a bit of a uh, confrontationist. Uh, but, uh, no, he seems to be enjoying his um, three-month sabbatical, although I see he still pops up occasionally with um, quotes here and there. In fact, um, recently just in the South China Morning Post in out of Hong Kong. So um, he's uh, he may be having a quiet time, but he's still there if you really need him. And Lockie? I obviously haven't dealt with the likes of Tony Cochran or Martin Whitaker on a personal level um, as Mark has, but the V8 Supercar Championship hasn't gone into absolute chaos, so um, everything seems under control even in Tony's absence. That's what we were hoping for, folks, to get us through these long winter breaks, the month and the two months whilst everyone's in Mallorca enjoying Yeah, but the... he'll be back in August and... Uh... You know, while the silence at the moment is raucous, um, he'll be certainly having plenty to say when he's back on the beat. Don't you worry about that. That's Gas and Go for another week. Brought to you by V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine with the Giz on the cover on sale now at all good news agents and probably some of the bad ones as well. V8 Insiders, Gas and Go brought to you by V8X Magazine. Guys, it's been a pleasure to catch up with you both here on the V8 Insiders and look forward to seeing you all again very soon. Good to talk to you, Craig. Lachlan, good to chat as well, exchange views. And um, I'll leave you guys to get on with it, and I'll see all my friends back in the V8 paddock at Phillip Island. Won't be Darwin or Townsville. Oh, shock. <laughs> Lucky? Yes, thanks very much, guys. Good to talk to both of you. I won't be at a V8 supercar route again until the Bathurst 1000, so I look forward to seeing you then. Look forward to that as the checkered flag waves over this edition of the V8 Insiders. Until next time round, keep smiling and bye for now. Join us next week for more V8 Insiders, only on v8x.com.au.